Welcome to Sermons from Bailey Road. You are about to hear a sermon given at Bailey Road Baptist Church. Bailey Road is a small Bible-believing church located in North Jackson, Ohio, and is pastored by Pastor Aaron Smith. We are dedicated to serving the Lord through our people and through our teaching. We hope you are enlightened by today's message, and again, welcome to Bailey Road Baptist Church. Corinthians, we have been uh, in this series for a few weeks now. We've finished chapter 5. Uh, last week, as we began uh, yeah, giving the uh, the report from the house of Chloe uh, that she gave the update uh, to the Apostle Paul back in chapter one, Paul mentioned that uh, right after he mentioned the uh, the desire for unity within this church, and really the desire for unity within all churches. Um, is what is the desire of, of the apostle here. And so typically, uh, we would uh, move right into chapter 6 as Paul continues his report. Um, but we are going to fast forward uh, to chapter 11 this evening. Uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 11 is where we're going to be. And what we will do... Uh, this evening, since we are observing the Lord's table, uh, we're going to uh, fast forward to this chapter that Paul deals with, uh, with this church of Corinth about the Lord's table. And we'll, we'll talk through this. And what you'll find, as with uh, other items, again, we'll, we'll go back. We started in chapter 5 last week uh, as he began to go over and discuss uh, these items that were reported to him. Part of the report deals with the Lord's table. And shockingly enough, uh, this church at Corinth were, I guess it's kind of a buzzword these days, but they were abusing the Lord's table. Uh, Maybe we could put it that way. Uh, They weren't really doing it properly. Um, I don't know that they were really instructed uh, too much on how to do the Lord's table. And so Paul is uh, dealing with this church here concerning uh, really what we're going to title the unity of the Lord's table. And uh, hopefully you'll see exactly what that means here by the time uh, that we're done this evening. And so I want to make a few comments uh, before we come to the table tonight and look at what the Word of God has to say. In, uh, again, 1 Corinthians chapter 11, we're going to start in verse number 18, where Paul says, For first of all, when ye come together in the church, I hear that there be divisions among you, and I partly believe it. Uh, that's a nice way of saying, by the way, that I believe everything I'm being told here. Um, but he says, I partly believe it, that there are divisions among you. And he says in verse 19, he says, For there must be also heresies among you, that they which are approved may be made manifest among you. When ye come together, therefore, into one place, this is not to eat the Lord's Supper. For in eating, every one taketh before other his own supper, and one is hungry, and another is drunken. What? Now, you got to picture that there. What? Really what he's saying there, and, and that's, the again, the nice way of saying, what is wrong with you people? But he just simply says, what? Then he goes on, have ye not houses to eat and drink in? And look what he says. 
Or despise ye the church of God, and shame them that have not? What shall I say to you? Shall I praise you in this? I praise you not. For I have received of the Lord that which also I delivered unto you, that the Lord Jesus, the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. When he had given thanks, he brake it and said, Take, eat. This is my body which is broken for you. This do in remembrance of me. After the same manner also he took the cup, when he had supped, saying, This cup is the New Testament in my blood. This do ye as oft as ye drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as ye eat this bread and drink this cup, ye do show the Lord's death till he come. Wherefore, whosoever shall eat this bread and drink this cup of the Lord unworthily shall be guilty of the body and the blood or and blood of the Lord. But let a man examine himself, and so let him eat of that bread and drink of that cup. For he that eateth and drinketh unworthily eateth and drinketh damnation to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. For this cause many are weak and sickly among you, and many sleep. For if we would judge ourselves, we should not be judged. But when we are judged, we are chastened of the Lord, that we should not be condemned with the world. Wherefore, my brethren, when ye come together to eat, tarry one for another. And if any man hunger, let him eat at home, that ye come not together unto condemnation, and the rest will I set in order when I come. So here we find in two places, in verse number 20, and then the closing verse in verse number 34, I want you to see uh, what Paul says here in verse number 20. He says, when ye come together... Therefore, into one place, this is not to eat the Lord's Supper. And then in verse number 34, he says, or sorry, verse number 33, rather, uh, he says, Wherefore, my brethren, when ye come together to eat, tarry one for another. And so what we're going to see here this evening, Lord willing, is the unity of the Lord's table the unity of the Lord's table and how the Lord's table can be used to bring a sense of unity within the local church. So let's pray. I'm going to give a few introductory uh, comments, and then we'll look at our outline this evening, and then we will partake of the Lord's table tonight. So let's pray together, shall we? Our Heavenly Father, I thank you so very much. God, you have given us uh, so many things that we don't deserve. Um, and God, we, we come to you as we look at your word tonight. I pray that it would be uh, presented in such a way that would be easily understood, uh, that it would be a, uh, a, 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 a time of uh, reflection, a time of, uh, of holiness before you. And Father, I pray that again this explanation uh, would be one that 
uh, would draw our attention uh, to you, not to ourselves, uh, not to our church, uh, but Father, to you and you alone. Uh, that's our desire tonight. And Father, I pray uh, that through this time that we would be brought together in a spirit of unity uh, around the death, burial, and resurrection of your Son, Jesus Christ, uh, that you gave for us, that we might have eternal life to those uh, that trust in His name and His finished work on the cross of Calvary. And uh, we do want to remember His death and remember the eternal life that you promised in Him. And we're so ever grateful for it. And we pray that uh, you would just guide our thinking here tonight. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. So in verse number 17, he begins this, uh, this section of chapter 11 uh, dealing with the Lord's table. And from verse 17 down through verse number 22, he, he's giving some, uh, some elements of what is taking place within the church. Of course, uh, this is in the section that he is dealing with, the reports that have been given to him. And he is trying and striving to correct these things of the report that he gave. And, and so in verse 17, he says, now in this... I declare unto you, I praise you not that ye come together uh, for the better, but for the worse. And what he's saying here, he's saying, look, you're coming together and you think this is a good thing. You think it's a wonderful thing, but you are doing something worse. You're not making it any better. And he goes into verse 18 by saying, for first of all, when ye come together in the church, I hear that there be divisions among you, and I partly believe it. Again, the desire of this apostle for this church is for them to have a spirit of unity. And this is at least uh, the second time that he deals with divisions that are coming within this church. And the problem in this is the division is over, and I'm, I'm going to say this uh, and make some explanation, the division was over the Lord's table. That's what the division was over, but it really wasn't over the Lord's table. Okay? Uh, so I want to say that. So the division was not really over the Lord's table, but it was over the Lord's table. Who needs explanation on that? Okay, good. So here's what they were doing. They were coming in, and they were having uh, what we had may, a few weeks ago on a potluck. And everybody was bringing in their dishes, everybody was bringing in their food, and everybody was consuming, and they were saying, this is the Lord's table. The problem is, is that is not the Lord's table. Does that make sense? So the division that they had, that they were saying and presenting the Lord's table as being something that it is not. And let's not forget that just because we say something is something doesn't mean that it is what we say it is. We have that problem in our culture today, don't we? We have the, uh, the identification process uh, or problem that we have uh, with uh, men wanting to identify as women and women wanting to identify as men. And, and we are being told within our culture that uh, we just have to accept that for what it is. 
Well, the problem is, is just because a man says he's a woman doesn't make him a woman. Just because a man dresses like a woman doesn't mean he's a woman. You see, they were calling something the Lord's table that was not. They were calling something the Lord's Supper and celebrating something that was not. And it caused some divisions. It caused divisions for a few things or for a few reasons. The first being that some were bringing enough food for themselves. Some were going hungry. You see what we do, we have a potluck, we have a pitch in, everybody shares everything. That's not what they were doing. They were just bringing in for themselves. And so one guy's coming in and, I, and I'm just uh, going through, I don't know what these particular people ate in this time, uh, but one came in and they would bring a whole rotisserie chicken uh, and maybe a steak and potatoes and all of this. And this other guy over here, he's having bread. And it was causing divisions. It was causing the divisions of, of over here there was one group and over here there was another group and there were, they were not unifying over the body of Jesus Christ. Over the broken body of Jesus Christ that He had commanded to be done. And, and so Paul says, there, I, I partly believe it. He said, for there must also be heresies among you that they which are approved may be made manifest among you. Excuse me. And he says, when ye come together, therefore, into one place, this is not to eat the Lord's Supper. So here's what he's saying here, and there's some confusion upon what is taking place within this particular phrase as he says, this is not to eat the Lord's Supper. What he's saying is, what you're doing is not the Lord's Supper. What you're calling the Lord's Supper is not the Lord's Supper. And that's where he goes into verse 21 by saying, For in eating every one taketh before uh, other his supper, and one is hungry and another is drunken. So not only did you have uh, people uh, bringing in too much food, but you had others that were consuming too much alcohol. And now they're drunken and they're coming in and saying, we're glorifying God in this. Well, of course, that's going to bring some divisions. Uh, I would dare say that one of the divisions would have been uh, for the house of Chloe. As she is reporting to Paul saying, hey, there's some problems here. We've got some issues that we need to address. And this was one of them. And Paul says again, what? I mean, you can hear that, right? What? You have people drunk at church? In the service? What? What is wrong with you? He says, do you not have houses to eat and drink in? Or despise ye the church of God? That's pretty strong language there, isn't it? He says, do you despise the church of God and shame them that have not? What shall I say to you? He says, I don't even know what to say. He says, shall I praise you? Good job. He says, no, 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 no. I praise you not. Now again, this is pretty strong language here that Paul is going through enough to say, I, I don't praise you in this. I do not praise you in this. He says, let me set the record straight. He said, for I have received of the Lord. In case you're wondering, he says, I have received of the Lord that which also I delivered unto you. 
So at some point in time, probably while Paul was there with them in Corinth, he set up the practice of the Lord's Supper, the Lord's Table. And he's going to go through that with them again. But he says, I received it of the Lord, I've delivered it unto you also already, that the Lord Jesus, the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. And so I want you to see three things concerning the unity of the Lord's table and the instructions that Paul is giving. Maybe we could even call it the corrections that Paul is giving for the sake of bringing this church together in unity. And the first thing I want you to see this evening is the sacredness of the table. The sacredness of this table. Paul says, the Lord Jesus, the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. We know the the scene that it was set. Jesus is there with his disciples, all twelve, Judas included, and says, here's what we're doing. And he goes in and Paul gives the words that Jesus spoke. And he says, and when he had given thanks, he break it. And said, take, eat, this is my body, which is broken for you. This do in remembrance of me. Now, one of the interesting things about this particular night that Paul is describing is again the sacredness. As the disciples sat with Jesus, he had not yet been betrayed. He had not yet been crucified. He had not yet been buried. He had not yet been resurrected. For the disciples, it was just another night. There probably wasn't too many odd things for them about that night other than Jesus declaring that one that dips in uh, is going to betray. But they didn't see what was going to come. They did not see that coming. They especially didn't see it coming that night. And so they they took the bread and they ate it. Mm, Bread. There wasn't a whole lot of significance or at least in their mind, there wasn't a whole lot of sacredness in that moment. It was routine for the disciples. But even as Jesus said, take, eat, this is my body that is broken for you, they did not understand what he meant because his body had not yet been broken. But here's the deal. For this church at Corinth, for us, Here this evening, we must recognize that Christ's body has already been broken. We must recognize the reason Christ's body was broken and battered and bruised and His flesh ripped off and He did it for us. That is what makes this night for us 
a sacred night. That is what makes the Lord's Supper or the Lord's Table a sacred thing. There's a specialness within the sacredness of this table, and it's the fact that the the bread that we will partake in tonight uh, represents the broken body of Jesus Christ, and I can't think of anything that is more sacred than that. Outside of the second sacred part of this symbol, as it says in verse 25, after the same manner also he took the cup, When he had supped, saying, this cup is the New Testament in my blood. This do ye as oft as ye drink it in remembrance of me. Verse 26, he says, for as often as ye eat this bread and drink this cup, you do show the Lord's death till he come. That's Paul speaking here as often as we do this. We show the Lord's death in His broken body and His shed blood on the cross of Calvary. It's sacred. It's something that is holy. It's something that is a remembrance. Again, the disciples were having to look forward, which they were not able to do, but we have a wonderful ability that God has recorded for us exactly what happened, that we can look back and recognize what Jesus went through as He faced the cross of Calvary. It's sacred. There is a sacredness of the table. Let me say number two this evening, that there is a seriousness of the table as well. There's a seriousness within this table. As Paul said, for as often as ye eat this bread and drink this cup, ye do show the Lord's death till He come. Wherefore, he says... In verse 27, whosoever shall eat this bread and drink this cup of the Lord unworthily shall be guilty of the body and the blood of the Lord. But let a man examine himself, and so let him eat of that bread and drink of that cup. For he that eateth and drinketh unworthily eateth and drinketh damnation to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. For this cause, many are weak and sickly among you, and many sleep. For if we would not judge ourselves, we should not be judged. But when we are judged, we are chastened of the Lord, that we should not be condemned with the world. The seriousness of the table this evening first has to do with partaking unworthily unworthily. We find two times in verse number 27 and verse number 29 that Paul uses this word unworthily. Now I want to note that uh, there there are uh, similar sounding words that this word is not. This word is not an equal word with unworthy. Okay? It's not the same word. It is not that we uh, could take it unworthy because, look, at the end of the day, none of us are worthy in ourselves. And so it's very important to note 
this word unworthily. Again, it's very similar. It sounds similar. But here is what the word unworthily literally means, and it has to do with out regard to the merit, honor, goodness, or value of the table. For us to take of this unworthily, it would be without regard, we could say it this way, without regard of or to the sacredness of this hour or of the value of the table. If we just come in and, ah, oh, it's the Lord's table, ah, no big deal. We've done this before. We do this all the time, no big deal. Just give me the cup, give me the bread. With no regard, to the sacredness, with no regard to what it is that the bread symbolizes, with no regard to what the cup symbolizes. This is a very serious matter. And partaking unworthily or flippantly, we could even say, would not be the recommended approach to the Lord's table. This is one of the reasons why I caution uh, parents to deal with your children. Now, we don't have any young children here tonight, but uh, I know it's, it's, if, if we're looking at it in an earthly mindset, we would look at it and we would say, oh, it's just juice and it's just a little piece of bread. But no, it's not just a little bit of juice and a little piece of bread. It's not about what it tastes like. It's not about, it's about what it symbolizes. It's about the sacredness of the hour that makes this particular time such a serious matter that we must regard the merit of what we're doing. We must regard the value and the honor and the goodness of this table that which we sit at to partake in because it represents our Lord Jesus Christ. A very serious thing. And because of this, it says in verse number 28, but let a man examine himself. We have a time of examination. I, I'm grateful. I, I, if anything, I am most grateful for verse number 28. But let a man examine himself. I mean, could you imagine if it were someone's role, if it were my role, I probably wouldn't even do what I do, but I can't imagine coming in tonight and saying, okay, uh, Trevor, you're good, you can take it. Justice, well, man, you know. No. Jennifer, you're good. Marty, you're not. Burl, no. Brother Bob, maybe. We'll talk. Ella, no. Brother Larry, yes. Lynette, yes. Chloe, yes. Miss Ann, yes. John, definitely not. Uh, Lisa, sure, go ahead. Uh, could you imagine having to do that? Could you imagine? I'm telling you, I would resign tonight if you made me do that. I, I would say, no way. But you see, the Scripture doesn't say that. The Scripture says, let a man examine himself. Now, what is it that we are examining? What we're examining is do we understand the sacredness of this hour? Are we going 
to take this ceremony, this symbol, in regards to what it represents. Do we understand the seriousness of this hour? Do we understand the sacredness of the Lord's table? That is one of the reasons why I feel strongly. I don't want to just take the Lord's table and and tack it on to the end of the service and say, okay, well, we took the Lord's table. No, 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 it's way too sacred for that. There has to be some explanation. There must be some, some explanation so that we can take a proper examination to say, yes, I understand exactly what we're doing. We're partaking of a piece of bread that represents what Jesus did on the cross of Calvary. Really, before He ever got to Calvary, as His body was broken, as they beat Him with the cat of nine tails, you can go through and read in the New Testament what Jesus endured for you. The blood is represented of the juice that represents the shed blood of Jesus Christ. As the Scripture says, for without the shedding of blood, there is no remission. Listen, without Jesus Christ shedding His blood on Calvary's cross, there would be no remission. There would be no forgiveness. There would be no salvation for you and for me. That is what makes this particular time a holy hour. That is what makes it a very serious time. That we must understand the sacredness. That we must understand the seriousness of what it is we're about to do. Paul said, let a man examine himself. Again, I cannot see your heart. I cannot see your mind. And no one else can as well. And so we see partaking unworthily. We see the personal examination. May I say number, number three, the pitiful consequences. The pitiful consequences. In verse number 29, after he says, but let a man examine himself, and so let him eat of that bread and drink of that cup, what he says next is very, it's serious. He says, for he that eateth and drinketh unworthily, eateth and drinketh damnation to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. You see, this is the further explanation of what this examination is. Let a man examine himself. But understand that if you examine wrongly, there are consequences to it. If you don't understand the sacredness of this hour and the seriousness of what we're doing here, and you eat and drink unworthily, he says, you eateth and drinketh the damnation to himself, again, not discerning the Lord's body. Not discerning the Lord's body. Again, uh, the unworthily, that's without regard. Without regarding the Lord's body, without regarding the value of what Jesus did on the cross of Calvary. To just go and do that. He says, there are, there, there, for this cause, many are weak and sickly among you, and many sleep. He says, many within this church at Corinth are weak and sickly among you, and many sleep. He said in verse 31 again, 
For if we would judge ourselves, that's connecting to the let a man examine himself, we should not be judged. But when we are judged, we are chastened of the Lord. That we should not be condemned with the world. He says the Lord is going to judge in all of this, but you also have an opportunity to judge yourself here. And then let me give you number three. We have the sacredness of the table. We have the seriousness of the table. But we have the setting of the table. The setting of the table. As we see this in verse number 33, he says, wherefore, So he says, everything that I've just told you comes down to this. He says, wherefore, my brethren, when ye come together to eat, tarry one for another. And if any man hunger, let him eat at home, that ye come not together unto condemnation. And the rest will I set in order when I come. The setting of the table first off, is not to fill your belly. It's not to rehydrate you. What we're going to do here in just a few moments, again, is not to fill you. Eat at home. There's a more appropriate time for you to get full. It's not here And it's not in the sacredness of the unity of the Lord's table. He says, when you come together to eat, tarry one for another. You see, if it's not to fill the belly, what's it for? It's to develop a unity within the church. The word tarry, as he says, tarry one for another, it means to defer to one another, to consider someone else other than yourself. And so as he says, to tarry one for another, if any man hunger, let him eat at home. That ye come not together unto condemnation. You see, that goes back to the unworthily. If we're coming together to get full and we're not considering someone else, we're here for the wrong thing. So what are we here for? We are here to come together in unity, recognizing the death of our Lord Jesus Christ. The payment for our sin. We have to be unified on that. We have to be. Because it is... It is the power of God unto salvation in the death of our Lord Jesus Christ. That we must remember what He did. That He was buried. Three days He laid in the grave. Then He rose again, giving power unto His death power of the resurrection. The power in the blood. We sing about it. There's power in the blood. It comes because of the resurrection. Amen. That's the setting of the table. Not to fill ourselves. We do that at home. 
but to be unified in what Jesus did on the cross of Calvary. That's the explanation and really the instruction, or even we could say the correction that Paul gave concerning the Lord's table. I trust that the explanation here has been clear. The table is sacred. There's a purpose. It's serious. Serious enough that we must take it worthily in regard of the sacredness of the elements. Again, it's not the elements that are sacred. It's what they represent that is sacred. What they represent. And so we come to develop a unity. So I'm going to invite you, if you would, to turn back to Luke chapter 22 as we prepare to receive the Lord's table tonight as it is given. You may go ahead and prepare your, your cup. And take the top part and separate it, or we'll partake of the bread first. You can set that to the side. If you want to go ahead and prepare the juice as well, you can do so. It's easiest in this. If you break the front tab there, you can break and snap, and then that foil should come, and you can separate it there. Asher, are you, uh, are you on there? You can go ahead and end the stream. We're going to go ahead and sign off as we partake in this. I, I think the sacredness of this hour is important enough not to the stream during this time. Thank you for viewing. So in the Scripture here, in Luke chapter 22, Jesus is sitting with His disciples. In verse number 19, it says, And He took bread and gave thanks and break it, and gave unto them, saying, This is My body, which is given for you. This do in remembrance of me. As we do this, we want to do it as closely as we can to what Jesus did with His disciples. And so, uh, as we would at other times, uh, we give thanks. We give thanks to God for the broken body of Jesus. That we remember His sacrifice on the cross of Calvary. So I'm asking Brother Mike Mullins, if you would stand and if you would give the thanks this evening for the bread. Amen. Take, eat in remembrance of Him. In the very next verse, Jesus said, the Bible says, Likewise, 
also the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the New Testament in my body, which is shed for you. So I'm going to ask Brother Bob Anderson, if you would stand and ask, give thanks for the cup. Amen. As you drink in remembrance of Him. In the sacredness of this hour, the seriousness of the table, if you'll turn over to Mark chapter 14, I want you to see Of course, we get different pictures and different glimpses from the writers of the New Testament and the Gospels. In Mark chapter 14, in Mark's account of this, he says in verse number 26, And when they had sung in him, they went out into the Mount of Olives. They went out. I I think it would be appropriate if we stood to our feet this evening by way of dismissing that we would sing a hymn together. It, uh, we can sing it a cappella, I think. Uh, why don't we just do the family of God, Trevor? We sang that this morning. Again, I think that's appropriate in a, in a unity fashion. And so I do thank you uh, so much for your attention tonight. I hope that uh, we have come together in unity in the Lord's table. And uh, we'll, we'll sing a hymn together, and then we will go out. So, Trevor, you come if you would.